So I need y'all to know, originally this was my first week's message, but then we did single. And we did, we've done two weeks of Genesis, and we talked about being single, and it's, it's, it's not good for that man to be alone. Someone say that man. He's not talking about every man. He's talking about the man that walks with God. And that one will preach. And we could, we'll just leave it there because I don't have time. But then last week, we, we, we picked up or we talked about a principle of reaping and sowing, Genesis 1. I, I, the first week, excuse me, was 2, but it, but it was when God said it's not good enough and Eve came. But now I'm going to get to the meat of it. I'm going to get to the crux. I'm going to get to the foundational part of what marriage should be about. And here's what I didn't know. I'm just going to give you all a little bit better one than the first service got. So just apologize to them when you see them. But here's what I never knew about marriage is that there's actually a formula in the Bible if we knew how to look at it. Because most of us read the Bible like it's a story. But I don't know if you know this, but God didn't intend. There's stories in there. But God didn't intend it just to be a cute storybook that we do devotions with, but an actual manual, a blueprint that we operate this system called my body in his kingdom. And if I can begin to unlock it and understand it, well, it makes life a lot easier. As a matter of fact, when, when marriage is first given instruction, I believe there's four laws that God gives us in, inside of marriage in this one verse that I'm going to preach to you today. And watch this. This is going to blow your mind. I don't believe there's ever been a divorce. Listen, ever been a divorce in the history of mankind that did not get outside of one of these laws that God gave us. It's principles. It's not like, it's not like thou shalt not kill law. It's not like don't break the speed limit law. It's natural laws that God gives like gravity. But in these side of laws of marriage, specifically it's relationships and love, but we, we work them in marriage. I don't believe there's ever been a relationship that's broken that hasn't broken these laws. Because if we can understand why God does what he does, it changes everything. Because God does not give these things to make us uptight. That's what I used to think growing up. I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in church. I never missed Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night's visitation, Wednesday night's uh, church, Thursday night you probably have something, Friday night we cooking somewhere, we going to someone's, come on somebody. We, and, and if you missed any of them, you felt guilty and you thought you had to do Hail Marys and go back to church. Right? Why? Because it's religion. Now, I'm not suggesting we shouldn't go. We should, not, we should not forsake the gathering of the saints, is what Hebrews says. So we should get together and worship together. However, it's not why God loves you. It's not why we do it. And when we can begin to understand what freedom looks like, it changes everything. So i got to begin this message. That was the setup, but i got to begin this message with kind of my mindset going into marriage because a lot of times I can give you good examples. But sometimes the only example I can give is a bad example, but I'm going to give it nonetheless. So Lee and I got married at 20 years old. Someone say gasp. You are correct for saying gasp. 20 is young. Some of you are like, I was 20. Well, gasp again, right? You know what I'm talking about. We were 20. I, got, I was 21 on my honeymoon. Praise God. Some of y'all will get it later. We did honeymoon things. Yes, Lord. What do you want for your honeymoon, Mark, or for your birthday on your honeymoon, Mark? Birthday suit, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Here we go. Just keep going. It's getting off topic. We, and listen, I need y'all to know this. We really loved each other. I mean, genuinely, we, we started dating at 16. I turned 17 shortly thereafter, and I'm not joking. I knew. I knew for sure this was the person I was going to marry when I was 17 years old. Up till that point, I really was interested in girls, but I was a whole lot more interested in basketball. As a matter of fact, during basketball season, deuces, we going to shoot ball, right? I didn't date girls. That was my rule. Until my senior year in high school, I never dated a girl during basketball season. It just worked out that way, right? <laughs> Praise God for the workouts, right? It just worked out. 
It happened to be. Why? Because I thought it was a distraction. And I wasn't going to marry him till Leah. <laughs> then lo and behold. And everybody told me what I tell y'all. Y'all don't need to get so serious. You're not going to marry her. Well, I did. <laughs> it worked. But I will, I will tell my kid the same thing. Most likely, that's not going to be the one you marry. But we had love for each other. We loved Jesus. The Lord radically changed my life before my senior year in high school. So I love the Lord. I love Leah. So it's going to be happily ever after, and there's nothing to worry about. Thank you for laughing. Now, I'm not suggesting that nobody told us it was going to be difficult. I'm suggesting that some of us in our relationship, and by some of us, I mean Leah, thought that it was going to be a fairy tale. Others of us, this is Mark, knew that I was a jerk. So I knew that it was going to be at least challenging for her <laughs> at times. But here's the stuff they don't tell you. And I'm not going to hit this too much today, but this is just the truth of the matter. And if you came here and you were skeptical, I'm at least going to help somebody today right now. I didn't know that the Pangles were going to come in this package and the foxes were going to come in Leah's package because she is a fox. Holy Ghost, do it. That, that's her maiden name if y'all don't know. So that it was going to be a Fox-Pangle union and our last name may be Pangle, but she was coming with all that her parents were and I was coming with all that my parents were and holy crap, it's a lot different and this ain't going to go well unless someone helps us. <laughs> y'all should be talking to me right now because y'all know I'm right. Because I'm going to give you one tiny example. I'm going to cry. Are there some dudes in here that really love to iron? I need to uh, talk to y'all for a second. Praise God for you. Kendrick Reed, I should have known. Neat, all handsome and neat. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. If you weren't in the military and you love to iron, Wade, you were in the military. You don't even love to iron. Come on. Praise God. My father-in-law was a Navy man. And this cat, Loves to iron. I mean, I think, I think he irons sweatpants. He's supposed to be chilling and sweat. PJs or iron. I look at Tim Fox's shirts, and I'm amazed. I go touch them because he uses starch. And I just look at him. You walk in a room, it's like he's got them on a hanger, but you realize it's not on a hanger. They're just standing up. Good God Almighty, I look at him and say, holy crap. And then you got me. I noticed this. I, can't, I don't know if you can tell. This is a tiger shirt, so I really like it. Someone say, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Y'all can do better than that. That's my man. But even Tiger needs a little iron on this shirt, but I don't care. How many of y'all know that if the drier setting of steam doesn't get it out, we ain't ironing it? Come on, somebody. Yes, Jesus. I mean, So this is the problem. God is my witness the day I got married. Y'all can judge me, but only God can judge me. Now, if y'all don't see the Tupac socks that I wore this week, then y'all get with it. Only God can judge me. I had never done a load of laundry in my life the day I got married. And some of y'all's minds were blown, but it took till I was a lot longer than that. Because I didn't all of a sudden go, I'm married, now I'm going to do laundry. <laughs> no, that ain't what I do. Right? Somebody will do the laundry. Who? Leah grew up watching Daddy do all the laundry. And I grew up and I ain't never did the laundry. And now all of a sudden we got a problem. I walk into the room. We're first married. We're trying to get brown chicken, brown cow going. If y'all don't know what that is, I'll sing it for you. Brown chicken, brown cow. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We're going with it. And all of a sudden, that thing ain't happening because we got laundry piled up to the ceiling. Can't even see the bed. 
and we're fighting. Hey, why's the laundry not done? Hey, you do it. You should be ironing too. <laughs> What's that? And we got this tension that nobody told us was going to be there. Why? Because I'm Mark and she's Leah and we bring our stuff to the table and we didn't know that when we mix, I'm going to say mix, when we mix it together, it ain't always a good recipe. <laughs> Y'all better talk back to me today. I mean, you mix some things and it's good. But you mix some things and it explodes, doesn't it? We learned it during our kids series. Why does it seem like most marriages are explosive? Because no one tells us these things. And they are until we learn how to intermix, intermingle. Till I learn that just because I've never done ironing, I still don't. And I've never done certain things that I should figure out what she's got, who she is and let the relationship bond and form instead of saying you're going to adjust to me or you're going to adjust to me. That never works. It's never worked. It's never going to work. And I promise you it will break down. Because when God made Adam and Eve, he did not just make them and then say, all right, figure it out. He made them and said, Genesis 2, therefore a man shall, I need y'all to say the words in orangish, whatever color that is, a man shall... Somebody needs this. His father and mother. <laughs> yes, Lord. In-laws in the room are like, hush. Right? And hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one. Well, that's hard to become one when she won't do my laundry. When he won't pick up his clothes. Well, let's keep going. And the man and his wife, this is every man's goal, are naked and unashamed. The problem with naked and unashamed, we're going to get there, it's part of this message, is you don't get to be naked and unashamed if you don't do the first three. These build on each other. I'm not saying you don't get naked. Y'all don't know what naked is? We live in the South. I don't care what color you are or what background you have, y'all know naked. That's not the same as naked and unashamed. This is a way of life. Naked is what you get when you take your clothes off. You still can be naked, you just don't get to live naked and unashamed. And we can be mad. We can be frustrated. We can throw our hands up. Or we can operate in God's system that he told us to. So I'm going to give you these four laws of marriage, but I really should have called it the four laws of love because these work no matter what relationship you're in. Young people, I don't care that you're not married yet. If you can learn these principles, it will change your life. Old people like me and whoever, if we can learn these principles, you can understand what needs to happen what you need to begin to build on, what you need to go back and say, that one is about to fall down because I have neglected this one, and our lives can radically change. It is not easy. It is not a quick fix. But if we are building bridges with each other, it's one block at a time. It's easy to build a wall. That goes fast, and we keep people out. We do not want to keep our spouse out. We want to mix. So we have to learn how to live by these laws. Why? Well, because God didn't make laws to be a frustration. Laws, God's laws create order, safety, and predictability. And when I go into marriage, and it's not the, the unpredictability of she thought I was going to do all my laundry, and I didn't think she was going to do any, and that's one tiny example of everything that we bring to the table. 
the unrealistic expectations come from, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Shouldn't we say that over and over in our homes? I didn't know that about you. I thought you would do this. We assume. I'm not going to go there, but y'all know what, ha- what happens. Mm-hmm, you, y'all know what it is. I said it in my mind. They're created so that we can run and have our abundant life. And if we don't do what God's called us to do and we get mad at each other and ultimately get mad at God, it's, that's when it's a me problem. But humanity, this is our problem. So, so when people ask me funny questions like, and I don't mean to demean people, but interesting, odd questions to me, like, are you surprised that the divorce rate is just as high in the church as outside the church? I say things like, not really. I'm actually surprised it's not a lot higher. Why? Because Satan doesn't fight your marriage if you're not saved. But now you have the difficulty of marriage that I've got going in and the enemy attacking me. So, nope, I actually believe it's about what you would think. Why? Because it's not easy. It's not easy. And the last thing the enemy wants is for you to run in freedom and have a partnership where you can do it together. And so it is extremely difficult. But it is not impossible because in Christ all things are possible. But y'all better listen as I jump in. You got to do it his way. You can't ask God to bless something you're not willing to put into. Someone say his way. Number one. Law number one is priority. It, it's the word leave. Someone say leave. leave. Priority. Priority. Very simple. What's my order? What's my list? What's the things that I put in the most important to the least important in my life? Now, you can write them down and you can think that you have me fooled. Or you can think that you have you fooled. But your life truly reflects what you prioritize. Why? Time reflects it. Attention reflects it. Resources reflect it. What you put into is what comes back to you. We preached that last week. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But priorities have to be right. And here's what's cool. Your marriage, if you're married in here, is supposed to be a picture of your relationship with Jesus. So ultimately, he wants him, he wants himself. God wants to be first in all things. And as soon as that's outside of, from a natural perspective, my spouse should be my first priority. After Jesus, my spouse should be my first priority. What about kids? Yes, your first priority is still your spouse. And if you get that wrong, your spouse is going to loathe you and wonder why you love those kids more than you love them. Old people that have children like us, each one of us that have them, that means that when you let them go, you have to let them go. Did you hear what I said? Therefore, a man shall, say it, his and his mama. Does that mean you should hate your father and mother? It does not necessarily. <laughs> Just kidding. You should honor your parents. But they should not be, metaphorically speaking, there may be a season where you have to live with them for a reason. But as a metaphor, as a picture, you should not all shared the same home. Why? Because a lot of people do. Here's what I hear, stuff like this. Well, we're in the South, Mark. Okay, I don't think this is geographically <laughs> tied. You get it because of the leaf. All right. I don't think that has anything to do with anything, and we can make excuses all we want to. Well, we've always. Don't we hear that? 
But Mark, you don't understand. In the Pangle family, in the Fox family, we've always, this is the problem with Mark now. Hopefully, 40-year-old Mark's more mature than 22-year-old Mark was. <laughs> Hopefully, sometimes. 22-year-old Mark would say things like, I don't give a rat's behind what we've always done. We ain't we. So we're going to figure out us, and then we'll let you know what we're going to do. That is literally what I said, and my friends in the room can tell you I'm telling the truth. I don't necessarily recommend that to be the way that you communicate that because it causes different problems. But how many of y'all know this problem that I'm talking about that, that you think everything's going to go in? Everybody's going to understand that we're newlyweds, and then Christmas comes. And it's like, well, I just thought that you'd want to be at my house. For everything, Thanksgiving, Halloween, tiddlywinks, and, I mean, the list starts growing and you're like, and then, and then this is what you get, but we just feel like we'll never see you. This is what people don't understand about me. You say that to me, you're not going to see me. John Cena shows up, you can't see me, right? Because we get super frustrated. Why? Not because we shouldn't want to be with them, but because they won't let us go. And it feels frozen in the room. No, we'll keep going. Because the word leave means to loose. It doesn't mean to cut. Y'all better get this. If the relationship is healthy, you loosen the tie. Someone say loosen. It means to set free from a fastening did y'all know this? I'm going to blow y'all's minds with my scientific knowledge. When ladies, when you've had babies, you had an umbilical cord and your baby was tied to you. Did y'all know that? Y'all knew that? That y'all had kids? That's, that, okay. And then when the baby's born, what do they do? Cut the cord. Which does not mean, watch this, it does not mean that you are not still close tied to that baby. Why? Because it's a baby and it needs help and it needs milk and it needs nourishment and it has to learn and it has to grow. But as the child grows, we let the cord grow. The goal of children is training them up so that I can give them as much freedom inside the boundaries we create. And they dictate it, not me. They let me know how much they can, they can handle. So if I get mad at them because they're breaking my boundaries, I should have drawn my boundaries tighter. I didn't do this very well. If my, if my 8-year-old gets the same freedom as my 18-year-old, I've done it wrong. The goal is this. Y'all better get this. The goal is that when my child is old enough to go to college that she'll have enough awareness and he'll have enough awareness to live this life. Are they going to make mistakes? Yep. Why? Because we're human. But that they'll understand these are your guardrails. Run as hard as you can inside of those. Live your fullest life. Go chase your destiny. If you jump off of those, it's going to go well, or go poorly. Because outside of the banks is a swamp is what the Bible says. And so if I want a swamp life, I get outside of the banks that God created for me. But if I want to flow like the river in my fullest life, I've got to stay in the banks. And that's where the fruit comes from. And that's where everything flows. And this is how it has to be. So if you, if you give it away too fast, and some of y'all have, it doesn't go well. You know what happens? We look back. And we didn't do it when they were 10. And when they're 30, we think, oh, I need to interject. Watch me. No, you don't. You better let them go now for sure because you're going to make it worse. And lots of people do that. God will help them. 
but you don't train up a child in the way you thought they should go and then go back and fix it. That's not how that verse goes. You got to get it right. And if you have regret, that's okay. You're human. We all make mistakes. Don't go back and try to fix it because if you try to reattach to what's supposed to be let go, they will hate you and you'll be mad at them. We suffocate, suffocate. Y'all look at me. We suffocate people in our families. I want my children, I don't know what it's going to be like. I have a 12-year-old and I have an 8-year-old that's about to be 9 and I would love for them to want to spend time with me someday. But I'm not going to force them or guilt them into coming. And I'm not going to suffocate them because they can never do what God's called them to do, actually cling to, which is next, and prioritize correctly. There are so many people in the room who get, who get mixed signals of priorities because your families are constantly getting in your ear. If you are talking about your spouse to your family, you're doing it wrong. Did you hear what I just said? Talk to your spouse about your spouse. Well, they won't listen. Well, figure it out. Find someone that's trustworthy that's not going to bash your spouse and you can open up to. But listen, if your mama does not love your husband, don't talk to your mama about your husband. Shut your mouth. Because you won't prioritize them. They'll feel sorry for you and they'll begin to love the fact that you want to be still tied to the wrong one. This causes problems all the time. And you got to choose to prioritize, let it go, untie. If this, humanly speaking, if my number one soul tie is not Leah, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Number two is intentional pursuit. Someone say pursue. Say pursue. Pursue is an easy word. We understand what pursue means, but it means go after with all my heart. It means to chase it. It means I want it. I see what I want, and I go get it, Right? I want that. It looks good. It sounds good. We all have pursuits in our life, and I'm not, I'm not telling you you shouldn't have any pursuit other than Jesus and your spouse. That's not realistic. I'm saying if, if the order's correct, then you can have other pursuits. You can have dreams. You can have goals because we'll chase them together. But here's where I got it wrong big time. I thought Leah should figure out my priorities and then be cool with the fact that she's part of my pursuit. But I said these exact words to her. I, I regret them but I'm going to use them to try to help some people. I remember in my early to mid-20s saying, Leah, you don't care anything about sports, and that's what I think about. That's what I know. I'm, I'm, I coached. I played ball through school. I can talk the lingo. I don't really enjoy, I'm embarrassed by saying this, but it's what I said. I just don't really enjoy spending time with you. It's boring. I mean, I like having sex, but outside of that, it's boring. It's boring. You're a girl. Oh, I know it's what you're not supposed to say, but I said it, so I'm going to admit it. And I said it more than once in my early to mid-20s. I ain't said it since. <laughs> I had no idea what damage I was doing. I felt like I was just telling the truth, which, honest to God, I was. But it's because I had broken God's laws of priority and pursuit. And I was trying to get her to get on my page so she would excuse my stupidity of breaking his laws. As if God would bless the fact that Leah was okay with me breaking his laws. That's not how it works. I'd say things like, I just want to hang out with my guys and my sports buddies and people that can talk stuff and we'll, we'll just be married. We were on a crash course 
until God rescued us. We were on a crash course for divorce. I would never have told you that. But I can look back now and say, oh, yeah. In all kinds of different reasons and ways in my life, because Leah was so down on the totem pole most days, she was just one of the priorities. And oftentimes it was 10th or 8th. Never first with Jesus. And I got mad at her for not giving me first back. Don't we do that? It's interesting. Because I don't just leave my father and mother. I've got to hold fast to my wife. Look what hold fast means. It means pursue with all energy. Literally the word means to pursue with all my energy. It means to adhere to in strong attachment. Now watch. Our relationship with Jesus mirrors our relationship with our, with, with our spouses. And so if y'all know the Bible, John 15 says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. That apart from him we can do nothing. And so we get it in our minds, but you can't remain in something you haven't attached to in the first place. So, so oftentimes what we're trying to do is become one flesh and skip a step. You can't become one that you haven't clung to. So if, so if you miss the priority and skip over the pursuit and just think, I want to create this, this oneness with you, you will never create a oneness. And then we'll be frustrated because we'll say things like, I did this, so maybe y'all never do. Please don't do this. We're supposed to be one. Why can't you? What's wrong with you? Do my laundry. Do the dishes. You're my maid. I never said that. I just thought it. I was a male chauvinist pig when we first got married. And I used the Bible as a weapon. You believe that? Use the Bible as a weapon. Because I would say Christ is the head of the church. Wives submit to your husbands. As Christ is to the church, so the wife is to the husband, so you should submit. I skipped the whole first part. And I got mad. Why? Because my priorities were so jacked up. I didn't realize that this was an art of investment. That if I, here's a, here's a perfect scenario, that if I pray that God will bless me financially, but I haven't set up guardrails and boundaries where I can handle a big investment, that I can handle blessing from God, then I'm praying for something he's never going to do. So if God rains money down from heaven, but I'm not set up in structure to handle money and be wise with it, it's not from God. It's from ticket, lottery ticket, right? You got lucky. But God will not bless you with what you aren't capable of handling because of discipline in his laws. And so if I hope to have a multi-million dollar annuity one day when I retire, but I've never put into a, an annuity, how many of y'all know that does not work? And just the same in marriage, that's what we pray for is, God, I want a good marriage. Change my husband. Well, he might, but you still won't have a good marriage because you didn't change. You weren't willing to prioritize what should go first. Someone say first. This is all about first things first. Look, my favorite verse maybe in the Bible is, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you're hoping will, will fall into place, they'll be added unto you. Just all the things that Matthew 6 is talking about with financial and struggle and, and anxiety. And he's like, don't worry about that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in your marriage, seek first your spouse. Because I'm going to be honest with you. The pursuit law makes perfect sense when you're dating. Because you eye them and you say, mm-hmm, I like you. I go after. 
and you go and you go and you pursue and you try to get, back in the day we used to get phone numbers, I don't know what y'all do now, and, 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 we, and we liked them and we told them and we weren't bashful about it and we kept, we kept being open about it and we told people, I want to date you. And then we just stopped. Why? Because I got you. You're locked in. Do you know, I honestly believe that Mark Pangle has used this as a weapon and not as a license to pursue. Like, this is, this is not handcuffs. It's not jail. You don't, you're, you're not bound to me, and it's, and it's a life sentence of death. It's a life sentence of life. To, I get to pursue you, and we pursue each other back. And if I chased Leah like I was trying to date her for the first time, my life would look different, which I think is so ironic with our Christianity because back to that thing that I started with with Tevi and do you love me and, and, and in Revelation chapter 2 where, where John is writing the revelation of Jesus and, and he says he's writing to these seven churches and he says to the church of Ephesus, Here, here's the thing, you've done all these things, all these things. All, listen, 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 don't miss this. You've done all these great things, but one thing I hold against you, you forgot the love that you had at first. Almost as if he set that up to write Fiddler on the Roof where he said, do you love me? Do you love me? Wow, look at all these things I've done for you, Jesus. Look at all these things that I've done for you, Leah. I decided to buy you flowers. Yeah, but you don't prioritize me and you don't pursue me. You felt bad, so you bought me flowers. You broke these laws and you pursued golf more. You pursued a hobby more. You pursued your buddies more. You pursued all these other things more or your success more. And then you got mad because you broke the law and it didn't work for you. I just want your heart. I just want you to pursue me like you used to. And I know the deal because I'm human. We say stuff like, yeah, but she's not as pretty as she used to be. Well, you're not either. <laughs> Number one, if we're just starting there, let's just be real. I was telling Zach just a minute ago when we were in my office talking, I was like, my sinuses are so jacked up right now. I could not breathe during the night. Last night I tried to do the neti pot thing. It got halfway and came out the, the same nostril. I mean, I'm struggling. My eyes are swollen this morning. I looked in the mirror this morning and said, thank God Leah loves me. <laughs> right? Why? Because I'm not 16 with a six-pack. I'm 40 with a keg. Because <laughs> I used to be ripped. And now I'm rip. Right? <laughs> my jeans. <laughs> Come on. So if I'm judging her based on 16-year-old and I expect to be judged back with different eyes, I've missed the whole point, but that's not even why I want to pursue Leah now. She's such an amazing woman. And we've learned that the mixture is a good mixture. It's just not the mixture that I thought was the good mixture. It's not that she's prioritized everything in my life and so we only do sports or we only do arts. We've learned that we really love some stuff the same, and we go for those things. And our dreams become our dreams and not your dreams and my dreams. And the more we mix, the better it is because we're prioritizing each other every single day. Number three. Sorry, this is an important one. And it actually leads to number three. What we consistently pursue is what we're tied to. If you want to know the thing you're tied to the most, what are you pursuing the most? Because that becomes the glue that gets you through if you're married. i got to say this real quick and then I'm going to move on. You know, I was blown away this week when I was reading about Tom Brady. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I respect greatness. That is the greatest quarterback that's ever lived, even though I am not a Tom Brady fan. And one thing, I was listening to uh, talk, sports talk radio 
talking about him, and they said he averages spending 1.5, y'all better listen to what I'm saying, $1.5 million a year, personal money, on his own body. <laughs> I said, good God, that's a lot. Until you realize that no quarterback's ever been super successful into their 40s, and my joker just won the Super Bowl and was the best player on the field at 43. Why? He's, he's pursuing that excellence, so he's willing to invest in it. And if I want excellence in my home, I'm willing to invest in it. She is worth it, friend. He is worth it, friend. I invest in it. I invest in it. And it becomes like glue. That eventually, if we're glued, we can intermix and become one. Number three, say fusion. Fusion, fusion, fusion. This is such a key one because Satan is the author of confusion. He never wants your home to fuse together and become one. He wants to sow it into confusion. God is not the God of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14, he's the God of peace and order, oneness. Wholeness is less, literally what the word peace means. And so if you live a life all, not doing God's plan that he set up in Genesis 2 and you're frustrated, it's because you're confused. Living with a woman, y'all better listen to me, is confusing. And ladies, li living with a man is confusing. Why? Because we're different. So we got to plan on mixing or we're going to be mixed up. And most of us are frustrated because we're so confused by the way they talk. Listen, they do talk different, so do we. I'm going to get into some details in the following weeks. It is hilarious. We're going to do... We're going to do a communication week, and y'all are going to have fun with it because it is crazy how different we are. But it's fun. And when you learn it, you can do it. Or you can just get mad at it and never be locked in and fused. His plan is for us to fuse together. We're better together when we realize what the fusion's about. It is the law of partnership. It is true biblical friendship. They shall become how many? One flesh. They shall become one flesh. They shall become fused together as if they were literally one. This is not talking about sex. This is only. It happens in sex, but it should not separate when sex is over. That is such a teeny tiny part of intimacy. It is less than one-tenth of one percent of your intimate life if you are the most sexually active person on planet Earth. It, does, it is such a tiny part. And it's a wonderful part. God created in marriage. But don't get confused. It's not supposed to break up. It's supposed to be accented and, and excellent through sex but not about sex only. Because one flesh literally means to join. Someone say joint. It means to join together like your body has joints. And it literally means to mix. And I thought this was so fascinating. In the original language, the word friend means freed to love. Freed to love. Like I, like I, have, a, I have the ability, y'all better not miss this. I have the ability to love when I'm actually joined together. What does that mean? It means if I don't fully trust you because I've stuck my arm out, I'm not going to give you all of me. You may think you have all of me because I'm a very transparent person naturally. But there are lots of things that 99% of you have no idea about. Why? Because you've not ever become one with me. But that oneness should be complete and total ability as we get to naked and unashamed that I can be naked and unashamed. But the reason our lives are not naked and unashamed has nothing to do with your clothes. And that's to do with your souls. Because we, we cover ourselves because 
our intimacy is broken. We are not attached. Our glue has broken apart, and we wonder why this isn't working. I love this. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity, not, not to fight each other, but whatever's coming against us, we stand together locking arms. That is how relationships, partnerships, y'all, this, this is why you don't have to be married for this to work for you. There should be some people in your life, and I'm talking about a small amount. You will not have more than five of these. If you are blessed beyond measure and you have five in your entire life, you are so blessed. But you're supposed to have a few brothers and sisters that you can run with and one spouse that you can run with. And if we do this part wrong, watch this, we'll share too much information with people that should never get it. And we'll get mad at them for abusing it when you should never have been mixed up with them in the first place. I'm preaching real good right now. Y'all better get what I'm saying. If you intermix with cats you shouldn't be intermixed with and you get mad that this mixture don't work and it blows up, it's going to blow up. It is a formula in the Bible. We get so frustrated. They shared this about me. Why'd you tell them? Had no better tell them. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not supposed to be mixed up with those people. There's only a few people, only a handful. And as the relationship gets farther away, so should the information about you. Should be transparent with all, but vulnerable with very few. So these build like blocks. I'm going to go really quick because I'm going to preach these later in the series. But you got to go priority and then pursue because if I don't get order right, I don't get glue. And then I, I lack peace in my home. Don't we say things like this? I don't understand because my life is so lacking peace. It doesn't feel peaceful. One thing that I'm really grateful for Leah about is when anyone came to our apartment or the home that we rented in Chattanooga, and they came in our home, and, and it felt like we were living in tents because we lived in three different places in nine months. People would say, I don't know what it is, but when we walk in here, we feel peace. Did you know that the walls had nothing to do with that? That it was heart and heart being, we say this all the time. I, I recommend that y'all take this with you. Home is where we are. Home ain't got nothing to do with my walls. Home is where we are. Why? Because we're mixed. We've locked in. We love each other. And then I just, I want y'all to see this, that, that, that Ephesians 4, 16 is so fascinating because it says that every joint supplies. And I wrote this down because it's literally the word. It, it means the exact same thing in the original language. This is, and y'all might not like sports science, but I really love it. I love sports medicine and understanding it because I had to work on our boys all the time and tape ankles. I, Brian Keaton, one of our worship leaders, I bet I taped his ankle a hundred times. And I learned how things work. And one thing about your body is as you're growing and developing, guys, we reach development at maybe 16, some of us, ladies, maybe 14. And as our bodies are developing, we have joints and it supplies. Now, they'll still supply. So if my joint gets messed up, I, I still will like blood and, and like important things. But I'm not worried about the growth part because I've grown fully mature in my body at this age. But as we're developing at eight years old or at five years old, if a joint breaks and it isn't reset correctly, then the growth is dwarfed, is stumped. And it can never be fully, it can never grow out if you don't fix the growth plate which is literally the word growth plate fusion. That means it's, it's come to full maturity. You don't have to worry about that part of it anymore. It doesn't need to grow anymore. The problem in marriage is we never reach growth plate fusion. 
And so what's supposed to supply ends up getting dwarfed in a hand or dwarfed in a leg or dwarfed in your home because this is fusion and this is confusion. And because we like priority and because we like pursuit, we're constantly confused and frustrated. We've lacked the priority to put them on the place that they should be as a spouse. And we don't understand why the glue is broken apart and we have no actual fusion in our home. You will not have joints that supply if you have to wave by. Are y'all with me? If they break up, then don't get mad at the law for not working for you. Understand why it's not working for you. It doesn't work that way. It has to be God's way because he made you to become one. But if you do this, you can't be one. The last one is exposed. This is the goal of every relationship is to be naked and unashamed together. And again, I say this not joking at this point of the message. I'm not talking about your clothes. I'm talking about your souls being barren, open before each other, that we bear our souls, not barren, that we bear our souls before each other, that we're completely exposed, knowing all my insecurities, all my doubts, all my sins, all my fears. Yeah, but Mark, if, if she knew that part about my sins, yeah, she does, and it's not fun. I mean, it's embarrassing some of the stuff that Leah knows about me. But it sets us free. It's not a license to sin. It's actually a license to run with her and build and grow and love. See, when Adam and Eve covered themselves, right after this sin came in the world and they ate the fruit that they weren't supposed to, up till that point, it appears that they didn't even have a recollection that they were completely exposed before each other and before God. They were just free. That they didn't have to think about the fact that that their whole life was exposed before the whole world. That there was nothing to think about. And the moment that sin came in, they thought to themselves what the Bible says in Genesis 3, we're naked, we have to cover ourselves. And we do that every day, but watch this, this is the problem. We do that with each other. And so... I think to myself, i got to cover this up so Leah doesn't see. So what do we do? We, we delete text messages, don't we? Or delete history. Or delete bank account statements. And we'll try to hide things. We'll try to move things. Why? Because we're naked. We're just ashamed. And you know the saddest marriages? was the marriage that was my marriage because of what I built. It was a a naked and ashamed. It was confused, not fused. It was frustrated. It was worn out. And you know what I've learned? The less fused I am, the less I want to pursue. And as those strings break and I become farther and farther apart, I begin to loathe the things that I was attracted to in the first place. Isn't that interesting? That's what we do. And I begin to get mad at her for things that don't have anything to do with her because she didn't make me look at that or text that or spend time with that or pursue that. I did that. And sure, I'm telling you, we both can point out each other's faults, but the one thing that I can control in my life is Mark. And how much of Mark is surrendered to Jesus and then, humanly speaking, how much of me gets Leah. My kids do not get to be on a priority list above Leah. 
my church, that I love y'all and I love this place and I'm so grateful I pinch myself every day that I get to call this work. But it doesn't get to be above Leah and it doesn't get to be above my kids and it doesn't get to be above Jesus. It has to be down the list. And I'm going to chase it and we're going to go after it. I'm just not going to do it outside of God's way. Why? Because I want to actually reach it and I don't want to swamp in my life. So as long as we let the river flow where it's supposed to, and I stay in the laws and the ways that God has. Order, it happens when I'll do it his way. And the, the more angry I get, the more frustrated I get, the more I point out what he's not doing or she's not doing or they're not doing, the more confusion happens in my home and a lack of fusion or joint. Because, because the man being naked and unashamed with each other Look at what it means. I love this so much. The word naked is the word aroma. And I just had this thought. That, that Hebrew word, I, wonder, I wondered out loud if the, the fragrance or the aroma of Jesus that we're supposed to put off can't happen if we're covering our, ourselves and we live outside of shame. If shame is in us, then what people are getting when they get around us is, is not freedom, they're getting a stench that's death is what the Bible calls me. It's not a bad person. It's a dead person. And I don't know if y'all have ever been around dead animals and dead things, but it's not a good fragrance. Are y'all with me? It's a bad fragrance. It's a bad odor. You know what our homes don't feel when you walk into them? You can just tell. I'm not talking about any one of y'all, I swear to you. I, I literally mean this, that just dozens and dozens of homes that we've been in in our lives, and I mean all of us, and you walk in and you feel something, and you're like, I don't know what that is because they got a nice, pretty home. But it don't feel good in here. Why? Because there's not a good aroma coming off. There's a smell of death because there's no fusion. There's confusion. What they should be tied to, they're untied. And then they've tied to other things, and then it's just this, this stuff coming off, and it doesn't matter how nice and how pretty and how good it's just frustrating. But what God's plan for our life is to live is no shame. And ultimately what God wants is us to leave. Not, listen, y'all better not miss this. That does not mean disown. Do not take this as a weapon and say, we're supposed to leave them. No, some of y'all need to go back and honor them. Because you've dishonored them for the last 10 years. And that's the reason for confusion. you got to set up boundaries. But there's got to just be boundaries and not walls. Is anybody in here? And then I gotta be intentionally pursuing Leah every day and I've got to remind myself who I'm supposed to be fused to, not what. And then if I'm exposed and unashamed and my whole heart can be with her, we have life. And that's the goal, y'all. The goal is not to get married so you have sex. The goal is not to get married so you have sexy. The goal is not to marry so you have companionship. That's awesome and that's tiny, tiny part. But the ultimate goal is that together we're better only His way. Because it is a whole lot worse if you don't do it God's way. And that we can pursue life because God did not create you for death purposes. God did not create you so it's hard. Is it going to be hard? Oh my gosh, yes. Sometimes it is unbelievably difficult. But it's ultimately so you can reach your destiny in Him. Not so you can be confused and frustrated. And if I'm not pursuing her and I'm frustrated she's not pursuing me, well, we're not going after life. We're going after isolated, solitary confinement and wondering why we're not fused. You're never going to be if you're confused. 
So put down the weapons. Put down the hurt. Put down the past and say, today I'm just going to give you me. I don't know what this looks like and it's going to be baby steps. It's going to take building blocks back. i got to start with pursuit. i got to start with prioritizing actually and, and, and leave and go and then pursue. And, and it's going to take some time. This isn't two weeks. This isn't a month. This is time, time, time. But if we'll start with time, it will be wonderful. And if we don't take time, we're going to be frustrated. And watch this. Don't get mad at me. Just get mad at God. You're going to get divorced. Over time, if you decide to break his law, one of the spouses, I guarantee it, every relationship that's ever ended has said, screw that law, I'm doing it my way. It doesn't work that way. Does that mean everyone gets divorced? It doesn't. It just means they're not, they're not living their fullest life, which means they're probably not happy. And I don't know about y'all, but forget being married and unhappy. Like, I'm not into that. That doesn't mean easy. But I want to live my fullest life and then love my life every day. Love it. And I came to tell you today that that's possible. It takes time. It takes building. But it's possible in Christ to have the most wonderful marriage. And there's some days I get so frustrated. She gets so frustrated. But we come back. Why? Because we love each other. And it's possible. But only when you do it God's way. So don't you give up. And don't you believe the lies of the enemy. But don't you try to do it outside of God's plan and think it's going to go any way, any way but down. Will y'all stand with me? God, I'm so thankful that you gave us a formula to live our fullest lives and do it together. God, I believe it's possible to be better together, but only when we do it your way, to be tied together, to leave, to cleave, to hold tight, to become one over time and, and, and mix what seems unmixable and it becomes a beautiful formula where we can be naked and unashamed and share life together in dreams and help each other build toward our destinies in Christ. Lord, it is difficult but it is wonderful. So Lord, I believe without you, truly in my heart, I believe without you it's impossible but with Christ all things are possible. So Lord, give us the wisdom and the guidance to begin to walk out these steps and to have marriages that are wonderfully mixed together because what God has joined together, let no one separate. And so, Jesus, we commit our hearts, our lives, and for everyone that's married in the room, our marriages to you, to begin to walk them out and live our fullest lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's sing.